We've got the New York Jets heading to Cleveland as seven and a half point dogs. The total is set at 35. This is Showdown Coverage brought to you by SharpFootballAnalysis.com. I'm your host, Adam Wilde. And before we get into DraftKings, we still have two weeks left in the season, but it's not too early to start gearing up for the postseason. Our weekly postseason packages are available now and included in those packages are the rest of the NFL regular season, as well as our college bowl recommendations, which are 3-0 so far. Nice. To sweeten the deal even more, if you sign up for a weekly package now, you'll get your first week at 70, 71% off. Why 71% off? We've gone 56 and 23 on our elevated place since November 1st, which is a 71% success rate. And now we're passing on the savings to you. Go to sharp.football to learn more and use code GET71 to take advantage of this tremendous deal. That is uh, really, really good odds. That's better than I than I knew that we had. So definitely go check out that promo code. Um, let's head over to DraftKings and talk about these two guys at the top who had absolutely bonkers performances last week in Amari Cooper and Brees Hall. When you're looking at Brees Hall stats, you look at his rushing, you're like 95 yards on 20 attempts. Okay, um, yeah, that's pretty good. Two touchdowns. Okay. Had a nice day. 16 targets for Brees Hall last week with Trevor Simeon. 12 receptions, another 96 yards receiving. So uh, it's going to make things interesting up here at the top. So Jets, Jets slates in the past. Um, this has bit me in the butt. Probably three Jets slates, which is kind of insane that we've had three Jets showdown slates. But um, we've had at least three. I guess the league thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to be there. I guess it makes sense. Nonetheless. Uh, Brees Hall has been around 11,000. Garrett Wilson has been a little over 10,000. 10, and uh, it keeps keeps popping to run Jets two by fours and have like either uh, Wilson in the captain spot with uh, one of the quarterbacks in the flex or have Brees Hall in the captain spot with like a Tyler Conklin in the flex or something like that. That's, that always looks appealing, um, but it has not worked out yet this season. And two by fours don't often work out uh, anyways, when you have a minority in the captain. So uh, it, it's already not like a great play. And the fact that it hasn't worked really this season is another reason why I'm probably not going to go there. I do want to run uh, Browns four by twos, but just not with a jet in the captain. So it's nice that we do have a good three to four quality options uh, for the Browns to to run at captain, so we can kind of cycle through those guys and keep our builds really tight on on what we're trying to do with our Browns four by twos and even Browns five by ones. Um, I'm super happy with seven and a half point home favorites. I mean, I'm I'm always looking for an excuse to run an onslaught. Interesting thing about this slate though is the kicker situation. This is actually going to be the first week that I don't. So every slate, one of the only I, I'm really. Um, liberal with the rules that I set, but one of the ones that I do usually set is max two defense and kicker. Um, it doesn't matter the team, just max two, just because uh, no statistics behind it, just uh, feel. I feel like I am never successful with th like two kickers and a defense or two defenses and a kicker. Never feels like it works out. This was one of the slates that I was actually um, going to, omit that rule and just kind of let it ride. The only issue there is that if you do have three, you probably want one of them at captain and I'm unwilling to put a defense or a kicker at captain. So there you go on that logic. But the reason that um, I jumped to all that here at the top before we even get to anything is because we have two interesting uh, kicker situations. First, Dustin Hopkins is going to be out, but 
the Browns signed Riley Patterson to the practice squad in time um, for him to make the DraftKings player pool. So he will be their kicker. He was the Lions kicker, if you remember. Now Michael Badgley is the Lions kicker. So Patterson, fresh off a release, finds a new team. But the, the tough part is that Greg Zerline is questionable, and he was limited on Wednesday. He um, they, There's no one in the player pool, and DraftKings is not going to add a kicker to the player pool. So it might not even matter if I decide to implement that rule or not this week because if Greg Zerline doesn't play, of course, the Jets will get another kicker, but he will not be in the player pool, which we've seen a couple times this year. So just keep that in mind. Do not click on uh, Dustin Hopkins, obviously, is the big red out next to him. Uh, it will be Riley Patterson. And be careful um, setting your lineups with Greg Zerline in them because he is truly questionable. Mari Cooper's questionable is a little bit more of a formality from my understanding. So he looks likely to play, and he was coming off an incredible performance too. I think over 15 catches, definitely over 200 yards receiving, I think two touchdowns. Um, that was an absolutely incredible game. Terrible game for me to have Joe Flacco on my bench and Scott Fishbowl, but luckily I still advanced uh, without starting Joe Flacco. So I won't be making that mistake again. Um, I will have Joe Cool in the lineup, and Amari Cooper is going to be a fantastic option. So when we're talking $11,000 players, I'm much more comfortable with Amari Cooper than I am Brees Hall. He's just, he's such an electric player, and sometimes there's going to be games like last week when you're as electric of a player as Brees Hall is, but it's an uphill battle, right? I mean, for him to have such a phenomenal game, he has to just absolutely take over. Um, whereas if you're in a productive offense with a decent quarterback, it comes much more regularly like Christian McCaffrey, um, Austin Eckler, guys like that can be involved in the passing game. And the, Alvin Kamara is another one can be involved in both facets consistently because they have um, quarterback play typically uh, in the past, maybe not this year for two of them. Uh, that that is conducive for for consistent success. Brees Hall has put up a lot of stinkers on primetime already this year and has been really tough to get in the captain spot. So he's not completely out of the equation, except for the fact that he's only 200 left than Amari Cooper. And I would much rather have a Browns player in my captain spot than a, than a Jets player, regardless of the names. So then that brings you to Joe Flacco that they, they moved him up to 10,600, which feels um, feels a bit rich, but uh, in reality, I mean, he's averaging over 300 yards, uh, multiple touchdowns a game, throwing a lot of picks, but that's going to happen with Joe Flacco, and it hasn't really affected his uh, per-game average. So you're getting about, like you, you can see there, about 24 points per game, but I think that's skewed a little bit because I think he came into a game late uh, his first game. So his uh, fantasy points per game is probably even a little bit higher than that. You're probably getting about 25 points per game from Flacco. And even though this Jets defense is very, very good, the Browns have been totally different um, since Joe Flacco got, or maybe they were trying to do this and they just couldn't with, um, with Deshaun Watson or whomever else, which is insane to think about considering they paid Deshaun Watson $240 million. But um, either way, the offense didn't really look like this until Joe Flacco took over. Now they're passing at such a rate that it's an offense that you want to invest in in their passing game. So while we will sprinkle in some Jacoby Ford um, at captain, Jerome Ford, excuse me, uh, we will be more excited about like Amari Cooper and Joe Flacco. Like if we're running 20 max, I want most of them to be Amari Cooper and Joe Flacco. And then if we sprinkle in some Jerome Ford, I'm happy with it. If Njoku makes it into three or four lineups, 
happy with that too. So um, when we get back to the Jets side of the ball and we want to get a Jets superstar involved, I'm actually leaning a little bit more towards Garrett Wilson, who hasn't had a great time with Trevor Simeon and the other backups. Or with Garrett Wilson, he's really, or with uh, Zach Wilson, he's really had a tough time with all of the quarterbacks this year. Um, but he is, you know, giving you a considerable discount with the 1200. He does still have a massive ceiling. He's also an extremely electric young player, just like Bruce Hall is. Um, so you're just getting a little bit of a discount. But the real reason is that. Yes, I would much prefer Brees Hall one-to-one to Garrett Wilson, but you're going to see when we go to build our lineups later that it gets really scarce down at the bottom and it gets you, you need to penny pinch a little bit. So the 1200 that you save between Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, when it feels like on a normal basis, their ceilings are you know relatively close. I know I know Brees Hall went crazy last week and it's a what have you done for me lately league, but you know Garrett Wilson's a very good player in this league as well. So all that to say, there is a reason that we're going to prefer Garrett Wilson a little bit, even though his median projection is going to not be quite on par. Now you have Trevor Simeon down there at 8,800, which is as low as DraftKings has been willing to make a quarterback all season. Um, every terrible quarterback has been 8,800, even if they've been backups. Doesn't matter. There's only been one quarterback that slipped through in the 6K range this year, while that was consistently the, the norm last year and years prior so trevor simmons as cheap as it's going to get at quarterback and i'm not really interested uh in trevor simmons always going against one of the toughest defenses in the league he has one of the toughest defenses in the league so you would think that even though it's a seven and a half point favorite the total is pretty low and it doesn't seem like they're going to be um in a position where they're going to have a, a crazy high pass rate they're not really playing for anything anyways so i would it would be unlikely for me to see Trevor Simeon at, and attempt an insane amount of passes. Um, I just don't think that he's viable when Jerome Ford is right there, 8,400, and Jerome Ford fits everything about this game, and Trevor Simeon fits nothing about this game. It's a lot easier to just click Jerome Ford. It's a lot easier to just click David Njoku. So Ford at 8,400 is, of course, splitting touches with Kareem Hunt. And it gets a little bit dicey because Kareem Hunt will even be used like in short yardage situations when it's third and short. Um, he'll be used in third and, third and long. I mean, I don't think that they care too terribly much um, how often uh, or, or when Kareem Hunt comes in. They, they just have this kind of snap share that they've been um, hovering around and Jerome Ford has maintained the greater portion of the snap share, maintained the greater portion of the touches. But the scary part is if they if there's no projectability on when they're going to use Kareem Hunt, it's really scary that Kareem Hunt might be in there on the goal line. Um, so Jer Jerome Ford seems to be getting the first cracks, though, so I'm not too terribly concerned. I, I think I'm comfortable playing um, Jerome Ford at 8,400, uh, even at captain. And then that brings us down to David Njoku, who even as great of a, a game as Amari Cooper had last week, um, David Njoku is right up there with with Amari Cooper in terms of who um, has earned favoritism from Joe Flacco. They've had a clear connection since Joe Flacco arrived. Um, and David Njoku is on an, a, a really, really good streak too. I mean, uh, before Amari Cooper's eruption, they were neck and neck in, in terms of how they were being utilized with Joe Flacco. So like I said, a few seconds ago, it, it is a, what have you done for me lately league? So um, 
Amari Cooper's roster percentage is probably going to be very, very high, even though he's the most expensive player of the slate. And uh, perhaps David Njoku isn't quite as high because he's a tight end at 7,800. You know, we're not used to really seeing that. Even George Kittle only gets up to like 7,400, and we know what kind of ceiling he has. But David Njoku has that same ceiling since Joe Flacco's been back, and he's really not too expensive for his, his workload. He's really the second option there. Um, regardless of whether it says tight end or, or wide receiver next to the, to his name. Um, Elijah Moore is a little bit different of a story. 6,600 does feel a little bit rich for him. Elijah Moore is the type of play that you are interested in if you're running 20 maxes and you want all Browns 4x2s and 5x1s and you're only playing like Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper at captain, then you're going to have to have more players to cycle through in the flex because your builds are going to be really tight around what you're trying to do. So then, you keep, then you'd keep Elijah more in the player pool so that you just make sure that you have enough iterations of the type of build that you want to run. But if you're just running like three max small field stuff, not super interested in getting Elijah Moore in there. He's not going to be a priority for a, a three lineup situation or anything like that. Um, don't normally talk about defense, but um, this is a good slate to consider double defense. It almost feels gross to say that, like I'm going to gag, but um, I, I think it is pretty viable on the slate, given that the Browns are 5,600, and then you have to go down pretty low to get to the Jets. I mean, the Jets are all, all the way down at 4,000, so to play both of them is is fairly cheap, and the Browns probably should be a little bit more expensive. Uh, it's going to be a very 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 tough game for Simeon so while the roster percentage is going to be pretty high on the Browns it's not going to be super high on double defense uh it's a thing that you know usually gets um it gets kicked out of people's builds they're going to create rules against double defense I usually have a rule against double defense unless it's large field I, I cancel that rule so it's one of those things where like I've preached all year, if you find a slate where it's viable to break a rule, break the rule because that decreases the likelihood that you're going to be duped um, if you do if you do bank the tournament. So brings us down to Kareem Hunt, 5,200. Like I said earlier, his involvement's been pretty consistent. It's just what, the way he's involved isn't super consistent. So I'm happy to throw a dart at Kareem Hunt at 5,200. Uh, if the game gets out of hand, you might see more Kareem Hunt, uh, but also just if Jerome Ford fails on his first goal line attempt, you're probably going to see Kareem Hunt at uh, in the backfield, and you might see him at quarterback in the Wildcat, as we saw last week. So uh, you you're, you don't have a lot to rely on with Kareem Hunt. Jerome Ford's probably going to get the first crack at, at all of the important situations, but um, Kareem Hunt at 5,200 is definitely um, someone that's viable. Tyler Conklin is fine at 5,000. That's more expensive than he's been uh, a lot of the year, but he's paid off his salary very often on these jet slates. So someone I'm totally fine with. And then um, it's, it's going to get pretty gross. So I'll just kind of power through the bottom here. So we have enough time to build at least one lineup, but um, Xavier Gibson and Brownlee, if everyone watched hard knocks, they remember that those two were, were good friends. They had a pretty cool story together. Now they're two primary receivers together because the team doesn't really have anything to play for. So Alan Lazard is questionable, but even if he's active, he's not going to be super involved. It's going to be mostly Gibson, mostly Brownlee. Brownlee is more of your traditional wide receiver, uh, tall, fast. Uh, Gibson is the return man. 
if you remember Gibson returned to kick, um, I think for a walk-off touchdown, if I recall correctly, earlier in, in the season. Either way, he returned to kick for a touchdown. And he's more of their like um maybe maybe think about how they use Jamison Crowder, and that's how they're kind of using Gibson. So uh Brownlee would be my preferred option. Saves you four hundred on a slate where money's kind of tight too. So it's kind of whatever there. But um between those Three guys I'm interested in Gibson and Brownlee, not so much in Allen's art, even if he plays Cedric Tillman's there at 3,000. But um, don't think that you need to get down to Tillman either. I really think that you should stay really tight on how you uh, keep your player pool tight with the Browns uh, because we we have three and a half or four games of sample size with them with Joe Flacco. And then um, the Jets is where you can kind of mix things up a little bit. All right, so let's get into building. We have a, a few cheap guys. I guess Dalvin Cook's down there, but um, at this point, he his usage has been next to none. Um, I think they tried to run a trick play with him last week, and it ended up being a fumble. It's just has not worked out there with him for the Jets. So uh, I want to start with uh, kind of making it hard on ourselves and get Amari Cooper in there at captain. Of course, Joe Flacco needs to be there if Amari Cooper's at captain. Um, Garrett Wilson is somebody that we talked about wanting to get to just to save the salary. Uh, since we have Amari Cooper, a captain, I'm going to go forward over in Joku. Um, and then it gets really tough already. Uh, probably go down here and click on Brownlee just to see what you have left. 1,600. So you're going to have to get away from forward. You're going to go away from forward and probably go up to Brown's defense. At least 4,400. Yeah, that's fine. That's the double defense we talked about. So let's just touch on that really quickly. It's a three by three, which is going to be less popular than than it usually is as well. So um, while I'm not obsessed with this, I do want to touch on it because it does have the double defense, which I told you earlier in the show is a rule that I'm probably not going to implement this week. Amari Cooper, captain, Joe Flacco, Garrett Wilson, Browns, Brownlee, and the Jets uh, leaves 400 on the table. It, this is a totally fine lineup. It, you don't need a ton of correlation for this game because it's going to be kind of gross between these two teams. Um, so it, it really doesn't bother me to um, just kind of have a random three by three. I feel like a random three by three is almost exactly what I, I what I expect to win this slate. And then Joe Flacco at captain is a nice angle. I don't think that he is going to be super popular at captain, even though we've seen him throw for multiple touchdowns and we've seen him throw for 300 yards. So let's try to throw that lineup together quickly before we get out of here. Amari Cooper, David and Joku, um, you're going to have to come down a little bit. Maybe this is a lineup we throw Tillman in just to get him in there. You have 6,000 left. You're probably going to have to go with um, um, Garrett Wilson again. And then you have 2,300 left. So you're going with two punts here, which I don't hate terribly. Uh, the only issue is that Brownlee's 2,800. So you don't even have enough uh, salary to go with that. Uh, and you don't really want to go with a double punt. What you could do is go down to a five by one here. Um, that would actually be pretty solid. And then you could go up from Brownlee to 6,500. Uh, Tyler Conklin would be fine. Um, this would be an interesting one. I'd like to go up a little bit from Tillman to, to the Jets, which I wouldn't hate. Flacco at captain with the Jets actually would be totally fine. Um, break another rule that that could work on the slate. So uh, we end up with Joe Flacco at captain, Amari Cooper, David Njoku, Jets, Browns, Tyler Conklin, another lineup that feels kind of gross, but um, is the type of lineup that you're probably going to want to play on this slate if it feels kind of gross, especially in mid to large field. 
um, you should feel good about your lineup. So that's going to do it for today's showdown coverage brought to you by sharpfootballanalysis.com. I'm your host, Adam Wildey, and I'll catch you next week. Peace.